0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Classroom Matters with me, your host, Christy Hool. and I am so excited for our guest today for many reasons. So today on the show, I am going to be talking with Dr. Stephanie Ryan, uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan, and and Dr. Ryan, I know in some of your stuff, people call you Dr. Stephanie because you work with the little biddies, and some call you Dr. Ryan. So I want to make sure... Dr. Stephanie's fine since I do work with the little bitties. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So, Dr. Stephanie is a chemist, a boy mom, which I think is extremely important to know, um, and a social media influencer who enjoys using her background to create uh, educational products and content. Now, although Dr. Stephanie is an academic at heart, she is very passionate about learning through play. So we're going to dive into a lot of that today as well. She can be found helping young kids explore the fascinating world around them. Over the years, Dr. Stephanie has taught science to all age groups, uh, both in and out of the classroom, from toddlers learning about their world around them, all the way to college students who are trying to define their world. Uh, She's an active member of the chemistry education community and is currently a committee member of the International Activities Committee for the Division of Chemical Education. And she's an author as well. She's just doing all kinds of things. So, Dr. Stephanie, welcome to the show. It's just amazing to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm so excited. There's so many things I want to talk about with you today. Um, But let's start with just let our listeners know a little bit about your background um, and sort of how you got to the point to doing what you're doing today.
1: Yeah, so I am a curriculum developer and I also write assessments for standardized tests and for textbooks so you know all those questions at the end of the textbook of every chapter I help write those um, and make sure that they're really assessing what a student is understanding and not just a hey gotcha question, Um, and so I work on those and when I had a child, I noticed he was playing with his toys and he sorted things by color. And I don't know what it was about that moment, but seeing a pile of orange toys just clicked for me. And it, I thought, wait, chemistry is a lot like that. You can sort things into categories. You have atoms or molecules. You have mixtures or pure substances. And so I went through and made a PowerPoint slide of all the different content in all the sciences that you could do that with. And I thought, okay, I've got an idea, let's learn about, and then we can say the first book is chemistry. And we ended up having an illustrator, illustrate my son and his friends, which turned out to be the best part of the whole book was just the illustrations are gorgeous um, because they look like real children and it's based in what real children do. So one of the pages, all the kids are being superheroes and the question asks about solids, liquids or gases and it's an interactive book for parents too. And this came out during the pandemic. (laughs) So that is how things kind of got to where they are, is we were sitting down thinking like, how can we get this book out there during a pandemic where you can't read books in public to people? Um, And we started an Instagram account, but I noticed that everybody was really liking the experiments and the questions I ask when I do an experiment with my son. I started to think, wow, this is this is rough. A pandemic is hard for parents, any parent. And if I'm having a hard time with my four-year-old, I imagine that people who don't have a science background probably are too. Um, so I took that opportunity to grow that, and now I've got over eleven thousand followers there, and like I think I'm up at nineteen thousand on TikTok, of where like people just come and look for the videos that they can do at home with things in their kitchen. And during the pandemic, that was really important because, I mean, where, where are you going to get materials? So it was, let's use baking soda and vinegar and see what we can do. Um, but really, it's the parents of making sure that they felt confident in what they were doing. And so that's kind of how I ended up where I am right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Because now you have quite a background in chemistry itself, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is your background in chemistry?
1: Um, I have my bachelor's and master's in chemistry, and then I have a PhD in learning sciences. So I focused my dissertation work on how students learn chemistry with a focus on math and chemistry, where they intersect.
0: Okay. And And I'm so excited to have you on the show because chemistry is scary. I mean, let's uh, you know, it just is. And even folks that are in education, I, I think unless you're someone that has an extensive background in chemistry and is really drawn to that, it can be scary. I mean, as you were describing your son with his blocks and you said the word atoms and molecules, I started to get a little, <laughs> you know, because in solids and gases and liquids, because if you're not dealing with that on a daily basis and you have younger students or younger children, it can be quite scary for parents to try to jump into that world um, of teaching their children that chemistry is truly um, all around you. So why do you think, being a mother, being a chemist, why do you think that teaching chemistry to children is so scary to most parents or just adults?
1: I think it's because of how we were taught chemistry. So a lot of people have had a bad experience with it in school. That was a really hard class for them. They couldn't memorize enough. They didn't understand it maybe. Um, And I think that the phobia developed much like a math phobia, there's definitely a science phobia of where people are like, oh, no, 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 that's not my background. I'm not going to dip my toe in that at all. Um, And that was my goal with writing my book, was making sure that it wasn't just for scientists' kids. Um, I wanted to make sure all parents could read it, whether or not they were comfortable with science. So the thing I like to point out to parents, and they always look at me really funny when I say this, but what I point out is you have lived a life, and you know a lot more than your four-year-old. There are a lot of things that you teach them without ever even thinking twice about it. And some of these things are chemistry, like, you know, that rain is a liquid, you know, that snow is solid, you know, that if you drop a ball, it will fall, you know, these things, and your kid does not. And so when I say teach your kid chemistry, I'm not saying break out a chemistry set. I'm not saying teach them complex equations. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. You can use baking soda and vinegar to teach a lot of stuff. Um, And I think that you have the experience if you've ever cooked a meal or boiled water, there are several things, there are chemistry concepts right there that parents can do. And I think they just need that reminder sometimes that it's not the scary thing. Sure, there are some of the scary, harder to understand concepts, but that's not what we need to teach our our four and five-year-olds for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because as you're talking and I'm thinking about when I, and you're right, because I'm like, you know, the elements and having to memorize all of that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so um, overwhelming. And do you think that sometimes as a parent and even as a teacher in the classroom setting, because I want to talk a little bit about that too, that we're not used to doing that. And so speaking about chemicals and how things you know chemistry applies to our everyday living we're just not used to doing it it's not a habit so when we are in the car talking about the rain or the snow or when we're cooking that's the furthest thing from our mind as we're you know we're teaching our son how to cook macaroni and cheese we could throw in some chemistry but it's just not our usual mindset
1: Yeah. And my goal is to kind of change that mindset just a little. I'm not saying we need to add anything. It's just using something that's already happening. So for the macaroni and cheese example, you're boiling water. That is still water. You are boiling it and it's becoming a gas. Some of it is coming up when it gets too hot. Um, and then you've got the cheese melting. That's a physical change. Like when it dries back up and coagulates, it's still a solid cheese. Um, and you can get into chemical and physical changes like that very easily. Um, as long as you're focused on looking for those things. So I like to just remind people that that's, that's something they can do.
0: Yeah, now you talked a little bit about ages. And in the intro, we, you know, we, we discussed a little bit about how you go from toddlers to college students, but talk a little bit about what is a great age to really start making this a daily part of your child or, you know, if it's a, a teacher working with students all day, about what age do you think they're really going to start understanding some of these concepts?
1: I think it's just like, so when you have a baby, you start showing them shapes and colors before they can talk. You can talk that way around them Um, and whatever age that kicks in for them. But I know like my son talks about solids and liquids and he's four. Um, So he's, I've been doing that since he's been about two. So maybe when he was two, no, I don't think he necessarily got it but he was building those blocks. And then he knew what to look for in making observations and giving evidence for his claims. Um, So just getting in the practice of doing those things, one day it clicks and they start to do that too Um, and looking for things changing, what happened there and asking questions.
0: And I'm assuming which in turn, then when your child does start middle school, high school chemistry, when those things start uh, presenting themselves in school, they're probably more prepared
1: I think so, yeah, because you're not teaching them a new way of thinking and the content. This is just a curiosity way of looking at the world that they can then also learn content at the same time. And and it's not so scary. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, as things always do, things change over time. And the newer standards for science look more at the how and the why and not the what. And I think that when I was going through school, it was just the what. And we memorized the what. And it was overwhelming to memorize all of that stuff. And then it never had any applicable use because you couldn't apply a a memorized thing because you didn't understand it. Um, So I think the way that kids are getting the approach now, they're actually learning the I guess the the nuts and bolts of it they're like really getting into it to be able to understand something to be able to then apply it so I think that that's going to be really cool in about 20 years when all these kids have went through all that and then college they're going to come up with some great stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah I think so I think that's a great point too because with just the way that the educational system has we've seen it change over the last couple of years where parents are really have been forced in the last year with the pandemic to be more hands on to be more involved with kids uh, education, since a lot of kids, most kids were at home, you know, for however period of time, and parents were really looking at that. And, and I, I mean, I wish I would have thought about this when my kids were younger, because mine are all a little bit older now. And it's funny, because my my son will be a senior, and he actually has to take chemistry. And as soon as (laughs) he's I saw that. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> and I think I was a little bit like that. He was like, oh, chemistry. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm sure that if kids are getting these experiences with just the, the most simplistic um, applications of chemistry in their everyday life, they are not going to have that same reaction when they see the word chemistry on um, their roster for the next year.
1: Yeah, I think that the kids are going to start seeing it more as um, a tool to help them answer questions about the world around them than a book of facts. And yeah. I think that that uh, is the book of facts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like that. Maybe we need to like stop calling it chemistry. Is there like another name we can come up with? <laughs> <laughs> that isn't chemistry. We're going to have to work on that like a more fun way to... <laughs> so that your mind doesn't go there. Um, so you talked a little bit about, and this is what really intrigues me, is you don't have to have fancy chemi- you know, chemistry sets. You don't have to know the, the periodic table. You don't have to have these great big textbooks that are just boring. You know, There are things around your house. There are everyday things that you can do with your kids, especially during the summer. When they're home with you and you want to spend some time with them and parents love to do experiments with their kids. So give us some examples of some things that, you know, parents and teachers, maybe in a summer school setting can do with their students that are going to expose them to this. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, one of the ones I, like I said, I always like to default to baking soda and vinegar because you can do pretty complex chemistry knowledge, like stoichiometry and balancing of equations with just baking soda and vinegar in your house. But you don't have to go that deep if you don't want to so what you can do is you use baking soda and vinegar and you ask your kids or the students what is happening what do you notice we start with a solid and a liquid and then there are bubbles what do you think those bubbles are is that a gas well where did the gas go is there a way we could capture that gas and then they can kind of come up with an idea to capture it Ultimately, I would suggest they end up having a bottle with a balloon on top, but that might not be what they come up with. And it's what they come up with that helps them build that knowledge. But then that balloon fills up. And they realize, wow, there's gas there. I didn't see it, but there's something that filled this balloon up. And that really like blows their minds. So then you can take it a step further and do, okay, do two tablespoons of baking soda to one milliliter of vinegar. Like which reaction blows it up the biggest, Um, things like that. Another one I really like, especially for the summer, um, I tried it in the spring and it was not warm enough for us to do it, is to make a solar oven to make s'mores outside. And you can challenge your kids to say who can make one that um, melts the chocolate and the marshmallow first and like have a contest. And so they could end up looking things up. And find that using black paper on the inside of their pizza box will help because it's absorbing the heat, you know, and things like that. And they can really get into it and it can take all day, you know, but it was fun and it ended with
0: a treat. (laughs) Those are really good examples. And most of those things are just things. I mean, I'm thinking as you're talking that I have most of those things in my cabinet, you know, upstairs. Um, or things you find in the garage, you know, or things you find in your pantry that you bake with on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, and also as you were giving those examples, I was jotting down some notes because I was thinking you're really truly not just teaching them about the chemistry aspect of it, but you're teaching them about how to uh, develop a hypothesis. You're teaching them about inferring. What do you think is going to happen? Making predictions um, and then doing the experiment. And then of course, like the measurement. So talk a little bit about how parents without being, you know, too academic with their kids can really sort of push some of these other concepts through while they're doing these experiments.
1: Yeah, definitely. So scientists don't just do the science. They also conduct science, which uses all of the science and engineering practices, like you said. Noticing patterns, that is something really easy that we actually do a lot with our kids and don't really call it out as that. Um, You make a macaroni necklace, have them do a pattern with it. we do pattern parfaits because I'm a real, I'm a STEM nerd, Um, but we designate which ingredient is which letter. And then my son will write out a pattern and he has to keep repeating the layers before he has a snack. And he loves it. He'll ask, can we do pattern parfaits today? (laughs) Um, But those are things that even just like measuring. So a kid has a 1 cup measuring cup and then they have a quarter cup and they're trying to pour the water in just seeing that that overflowed, they understand the difference. The one is more than the other. And just like those kinds of skills. They're just getting used to doing those. And that's just really important for kids and I think it's something that I know I as a parent overlooked as learning during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, he's just helping me do this. No, he's actually learning something when he plays with the hose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all of those, all of those components are things that kids, when they get into probably early second grade, third grade and up, they're learning about the scientific process and all of those pieces. And so it's in my mind, I think it's so fantastic to be having this conversation with you because we can really be preparing our kids to not be so scared and to not look at it when they, when they start doing that in school in an academic sense and knowing all, you know, the, the pieces of the scientific process are like, oh, I've been doing this for, you know, since I was four or five years old, we've been doing all these things. Now we just have a name to it. Um, that's fantastic to me.
1: What I think is going to be great is kids who've done this for like the five years before going mm-hmm. to school, they're going to be at school. Yeah. and They're going to say, well, i there's one more step to this. What if it didn't get what I thought and we need to revise? And it's like, yes, that's what we want.
0: (laughs) And the teacher's head's going to turn around and be like,
1: what? Yes. (laughs) I always joke that my son's future kindergarten teacher is not
0: going to like me. (laughs) Or she probably will love you and want you to come in and help with all the other children. So let's talk a little bit about that. So I know a lot of um, our listeners are educators, their parents, and they're thinking as they're listening, okay, this is great. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the resources that you provide um, for parents and teachers, the books, the, the information, where can they get their hands on? What, what are the resources that you provide, you know, your books and things like that? And um, where can they get those?
1: Yeah. So mainly on Instagram, what I do is I do themed weeks and they often go off of something my son's interested in at that moment. So like, let's learn about bugs or let's learn about firefighters. And so what I'll do is I find an expert to talk to in that field to do an activity with the kids. So they make a video or they talk about what they do for a living. So You think of like community helpers of what what you do in pre-k and k kind of like that but online um and then i go on to teachers pay teachers and i sift through all the stuff to do with that theme to help people find free worksheets so i don't even look at the paid ones because i know they're great but uh, parents are looking for free stuff in a pandemic so um i do that and i obviously give everybody proper credit and then we do usually an art activity one day, and then a STEM activity another day. And then I show books that we have looked through that really highlight the material or show representation in that field, things like that. So that's the that's what the account looks like a lot of the time. Sometimes when I don't have a theme in mind, uh, we just share experiments. Like last week was 4th uh, of July experiments you can do. Um, But yeah, so we do that, and I'm in the process of turning that into a blog for parents in case their kid says, hey, mom, I'm really interested in bugs. This way you can find it online really easily and find something that someone actually put the work in to find. So it's not just this random information. Um, And then my book is available on Amazon and any local bookstore. You just have to order it.
0: And that is Let's Learn About Chemistry.
1: Yes. Let's learn about chemistry. It comes as a board book because it's meant to be given to children when they're very small, but it's not a baby book. So you can also use it with older children. It's just sturdy. Um, And there's an ebook version of it that is only 99 cents. I tried to make it accessible to everybody and that was as cheap as they let you put it.
0: Yeah. Well, and if it's a board book, then you can have it on the counter a little bit easier while you're doing your experiments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the book. Um, so where can our listeners, uh, what is your Instagram account, your website, where can they actually find you?
1: Yeah. My Instagram account and my TikTok are let's learn about science. And my website is let's learn about Science.com.
0: Okay. So, and we will also put all of that information in the description page uh, for this episode so that all of the, the folks listening can really access that. Um, and I can promise you that you're going to have a lot of new followers because this is just, it's just really great how we need to start teaching our kids on a daily basis about some of these Uh, topics and subjects so that when they do get introduced to them, they're not so scary and they're not struggling. And, you know, because it can be scary when you're sitting in a classroom and you're just being introduced to chemistry for the first time. And it's a little overwhelming. So I think that what you're doing is fantastic. Um, I love it. I'm actually have been looking at your Instagram account quite a bit <laughs> because, you know, I have a young one at home that loves to do all of that kind of stuff. So I have definitely appreciated what you're bringing um, to the world of science and how you're bringing it to us in a more um, easily done way so that it's not so scary for parents. And, you know, I was thinking earlier in the episode, and I didn't say this yet, but parents are going to be learning alongside their children as well.
1: Definitely. And that is something that I think is also different between when we were in school and when our kids are in school. So, when I was in school, if you didn't know the answer, you were told you're wrong. Nope, that's wrong. And then you might have been put off by it. So, being wrong and not knowing an answer was a really bad thing. But now, everybody, most everybody has smartphones or access to a smartphone. And you can say, I don't know, let's look it up. And it's more normalized to look up things, which I'll give a hint to everybody. Scientists look things up all the time. Most of research is looking things up. Um, And so having kids know that you don't know an answer is really, really powerful to them. Because, I mean, they think adults just came out knowing everything they know. (laughs) Like, wow, you don't know something? Oh, wow, I don't know that either. Look, we're the same um and it shows them that learning is a lifelong endeavor and i think that's really important to see that if you're learning alongside them watching a youtube video like
0: hi huh, i had no idea that's really cool you know yeah that that
1: really helps
0: yeah i think that's fantastic and people do look things up so it's just everything is shifting unless you have a teenager and then they think you know nothing for about three years <laughs> <laughs> they're like you know nothing um but yeah that's great well uh, dr stephanie thank you so much for uh, being on the Classroom Matters podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled that you took the time out to be here. I really, really am. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And this is Christy Hool signing out for this episode of Classroom Matters. And don't forget to check out all of our other wonderful resources on the educate.today website.